With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No no contact, no commitment, no problem. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge miss cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger miss cake. Or the worst miss cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not tasty cake, it's a miss cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty cake. Accept no substitutes. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback Four Daily for this Tuesday night. Um, it's, it's definitely Tuesday. I've checked and double checked and checked again. This show, of course, is brought to you by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is a bookies, a website and an app. If you gamble, please, please, please gamble responsibly and try to do so with Paddy Power. Odds on Liverpool, specials on Liverpool, odds on all other sports. You know the drill by now. Tonight's show, um, it's going to be, we're going to have a little talk about, uh, Joe Gomez, um, Raheem Sterling, Dayon Lovren. We're going to have a little, uh, a little chat about anything LFC that comes in. My guest has told me he absolutely adores random questions. So it's um it's something that you're going to have to come up with very, very quickly and throughout this show. And I'll lash them at me and him as we go. But look, I'll remind you that as we go on. And my guest is Peter Smith. Peter, how are you, my man? You were on the club last week. You had a really, really good time at the lads in studio. Um, but you'll enjoy this one a lot more because I'm a lot more sound. Gav had a ball, as you know, me and Phil go back a while and, you know, I, I know Andy and, and the lads, so yeah, absolute ball and thanks for having us. Yeah, no worries at all. The first thing I want to touch on, um, there was a lovely video out today from Liverpool Football Club, it was inside Anfield, it's for anyone that has, I presume most people watching have seen this before, for anybody that hasn't, it's basically a behind the, I suppose background, everything in the background that happens around the game at Anfield, in the tunnel, everything else but there was a lovely moment at the end where you see Jordan Henderson, you see Joe Gomez and you see Trent Alexander-Arnold um, along with Peter Moore greeting uh, Sean Cox and his family um, in the tunnel uh, and, and I've mentioned it already Peter, it's, it's great to see the man back at Anfield, you know, after what was basically horrific what happened to him but mm. wasn't it such a lovely moment at the show that the club actually really does care about this man and, and his recovery yeah. I mean, forget the results. I mean, we're all buzzing. Everybody's happy. Nine, you know, nine points clear. Your, your biggest rivals. Forget it. It's all about Sean. It's all about real life. You know, what touched me the most was Peter Moore. 
you know, this is arguably the third most important person at the club. And he is there making sure, not that he had to, but he's making sure that all the lads are, you know, going over and making a fuss out of Sean. You can see that, it, what it really means to the boys as well. And, you know, you can see that Jordan Henderson is an emotional guy and he carries that weight on his shoulders, you know, of, of, uh, of making sure that the, the, the true values of the club, which is the people, you know, is, is what shines through in the end, to be honest. Great to see Sean, you know, looking, looking great and, and enjoying himself again. Yeah. And the reception he got, you know, within the ground, his, his wife, um, was on the sideline at half time talking about Sean, his recovery, how he's getting on and stuff like that. And a brilliant reception from Anfield and just the, just for that family to know that everyone is behind them is, it has to, it has to be inspiring to them, doesn't it? Not only, not yeah. only Sean and his recovery, but the family to see that they've given up a lot. Like she's mentioned that, you know, that they're not even in the family home at the moment because of circumstance and, and, and they've to be in, in Sheffield and stuff like that. So to see a club rally around them like that must be inspirational for not yeah. only Sean, but the whole family. And not just our club, you know, I have to say, I've got a lot of, um, a lot of friends that are Manchester City supporters, Manchester United supporters, and even they, you know, were like, this is amazing. You know, forget the game. It's about rallying around and supporting this man. You know, rivalries aside, you know, football aside, trophies aside, it's about that man getting back to, to his best and to his, his full capacity of health. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought, it was, I just thought it was something that was definitely worth, um, definitely worth mentioning, um, at the kick off the show because it's probably one of the, I suppose, most important things I've seen in the, this weekend. You know, like you said, above football and above rivalry and above other things that we're going to talk about on this show. So, um, you know, it was, it was really good to see that. Um, Look, we're gonna we're gonna have to go and have a look at this um, Raheem Sterling, Joe Gomez thing. So, mm. so basically, everyone that that's seen it, there's a bit of a, a coming together in the game. Joe Gomez turns, puts his hands under, literally into Raheem's armpits, lifts him up and throws him away, and says, "Go away." Um, Sterling comes back, is in his face. Gomez is kind of laughing at him. From what I've heard, though, and what I've read, is that they were fine after the game. There was a handshake; it was no problem. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold gives an interview after the game saying, yeah, 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 it's, a, it's niggly during the game, but we're all friends, it's fine. And then we hear last night that Raheem Sterling won't be considered for England's game, I think it's against, uh, I can't remember who that, Montenegro, is it? Montenegro, um, yeah. yeah uh, Montenegro because of a, an incident in the canteen at St. George's Park. Is this ah. just is this just something that's boiled over? Be, you know, it's just a silly thing. Or is that is that a reflection of how frustrated Manchester City were walking away from that ground yet? Oh, you're talking you're talking about the two teams that are going to be fighting it out for every honour that that matters. You know, yeah. the two two sets of lads are, are are primed and ready to go with each other. It's funny. I read an article in the Daily Mail um, online the other day. And they were talking about Pep and how desperate he is to try to figure out a way around Liverpool, a way to to combat you know, both on and off the pitch, the pressure that that man's under. And they were saying that he was taking a leaf maybe out of Dave Bassett's book, you know, from back in Wimbledon, that he was trying to go to, for all the injuries they have Manchester City at the moment, that they were trying to, going to try to get physical with Liverpool. And, you know, I didn't think that was a bad idea. You know, this is a guy that, you know, he's, he's pretty, pretty tactically flexible. So it looked to me, if you see Sterling during the game, you know, he left it in on Van Dijk over the uh, over the advertising hoarders. I don't have a problem with that. Gav, you played, I played, mm. we all played the game. You played against your friends, you played against fellas you don't know. It gets touchy. You know, and the one thing I'll say, 
fellas getting a little bit touchy and, and emotional on, on Twitter and on Facebook about this and, you know, moralizing. At the end of the day, a top professional takes it seriously. These fellas don't like losing at tiddlywinks. They don't like losing at darts. They certainly don't like losing at the game that provides them that bread and butter. Yeah. I don't have a problem with what goes on the, on the park at all. Yeah, look, to be honest, I, I didn't think much of it. You know, now I did think, I, I did find Sterling was getting quite annoyed from fairly early in the game. You know, he has that run out, Trent, Alexander Arnold clatters him out on the sideline and gets away yeah. with it, um, and put, puts one on him. And then going down towards the, the cop end, you know, Sterling wins a corner, but, you know, there's a little arm there from Trent and, and he kind of turns around. He's in Trent's, he's in Trent's ear. You know, but I think Sterling was trying to stand up for himself early on in that game because he's, he's, he shrunk as a player at Anfield on <laughs> numerous, numerous occasions. Yeah. So he was trying to basically throw his weight around and go, listen, I won't be intimidated today. But he just seemed to boil over for him. You know, like, Gomez. That, this, this is the mistake he's made. You know, the mistake that I think a lot of fellas may make when you, when, when something gets into your head and a lot of people are making a, a big fuss out of, we're in their heads, we're in their heads, we're in their heads. And this is the problem. I think the thing that made the great Liverpool sides in the past so consistently good is they stuck to their game plan. Maybe, you know, with Sterling, he's thinking to himself, OK, I haven't performed here at Anfield. The same way, by the way, with Aguero. Aguero's never done anything of note, really, at Anfield. And you could see that he was kind of within himself. Instead of saying, I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing that's working against teams week in, week out. These fellas seem to want to accommodate. And as you know, the minute you you know change up what's working, it tends to just blow up in your face. I don't understand. I would just my attitude would be, oh, just just let's just continue to go with, with what works. And I think that more than anything else is 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 what's coming to the to the fore. I mean Pep I, I made the point last week with the lads that you're going to see a side of Pep Guardiola, and we are seeing a side of Pep Guardiola that's not getting his own way. And I think it's creeping into his players because, as you know, the players are a reflection of their manager. They will reflect on that park what's being said. That's to a good point. I, I, I felt they were a reflection of his man of the manager the, the more that came went on because he lost control on the sideline, and they seem they seem to. Don't get me wrong; they came into the game. The more and more it went on, but every little thing that went wrong against them, they felt like. Well, I can kind of throw my arms around here because the, the guy over there that's managing us is doing the same. You know, that kind of way. Um, a, a couple of stuff that's come in. Uh, John O says, Peter actually knows real life City fans. There's only 15 of them in the world. So you're obviously in a, in a, in a decent uh, group there, Peter, where you know these City fans. <laughs> um, Kev O'Sullivan says the clip of the players with Sean was really so, uh, really a sobering image, sobering image. Um, let me, people can't tell me we aren't in City's heads. Uh, their manager is going loopy, uh, and Sterling wants a scrap, says Jono. And, you know, again, he says, uh, he's reading that City are going to spend a hundred million in January to keep up with, with Liverpool. Hilarious consider we spent nothing in the summer. It's called coaching Pep. You should try it. But it, it follows on then into the England camp. What did you make of the decision Southgate makes on it? I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical, to be honest with you, Southgate. I mean, if this is England against the Netherlands or England against Germany, I'm wondering if he's going to do the same thing, to be honest. Uh, okay, it can be seen as, as uh, decisive and, you know, I'm the boss. But to be honest, uh, decisive, something decisive would be to send the two, the two lads home. That's it. That for me, that's decisive. Um, or else, just you know, forget about it. Lads. This happens. It's football. Southgate has played, so he knows what it's. Well, I presume he knows what it's like to be in an argument. Although he doesn't give me that type of impression. Now, for me, 
I think Sterling is in what, what, the, what the, the lads would call a senior group of players. You know, the uh, England, the England international setup is 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 full of clicks still. You know, if you're if you're at a big club or if you're if you have more than twenty or or thirty caps, you're in a, a certain group. And some of the young lads like. Gomez still, I think, 22. Even though Sterling is young himself, he would be regardless as in that senior, more important group. I think it's very much a case of, all right, you've had me over yesterday and I'm going to throw my weight around here today because I'm in the senior group. He's probably had a pop at Joe, you know, because a lot of fellas have said, oh, you're, you're the big man now or whatnot. And obviously Gomez has reacted and uh, probably Sterling didn't like being talked back to. I don't know, I wasn't there. That's the impression I get. But I think, if I'm being honest with you, there's an, there's an awful lot being made out of, I mean, we've all, as I said, we've all played at different levels and you, we've all had the arguments. I, I think it's a bit of a storm and a teacup. Get over it, lads, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> I was curious to see that he stayed in the group. You know, apparently he, ma- he made an, he made an apology to Gomez and his teammates. There's rumour that Henderson was, was part of the, um, was part of the, what was going on there as well. He made a couple of phone calls because I don't think Henderson had reported yet for international duty. So, um, kind of Henderson was the man that settled it all down. But for me, I think you're right. I think if something happens there, maybe he didn't have the grounds to send Gomez home. Maybe the, the apology from Sterling stopped him from being sent home. But, but the biggest thing for me is, and I'll keep going back to it. The sort, the sort of stuff that happened there at that game on Sunday, surely that alone doesn't make you react like that when you meet up with a bloke for international duty the, the following day or, you know, surely it's not, not just. It depends, it depends on the type of character you are. Sterling looks to me to be the type of edgy character. He'd have a problem, you know, if you're parked in his parking space, to be honest with you. Plus, you know, you throw the modern factor in, you know, he's probably, he probably hasn't heard the word no since he was about 14 or 15 years of age. Not to be critical of Raheem, a lot of my Manchester City supporting fans will think, oh, you're just being one-eyed on this. I would include a lot of our lads in this, to be honest with you, as well. You know, sometimes, as I said, I remember being a kid and seeing uh, stories about uh, Remy Moses and Jesper Olsen having a, a bit of a barney at Manchester United. And there was a, a photograph in the newspaper the next day of, of Jesper Olsen's um, face, and it was black and blue. I mean, I've I seen a picture today of... of uh, Joe Gomez's face with a scratch on it. I mean, if, if you if you turned around and told me the cat did that, I'd say, well, what are you even taking a photograph of? I mean, yeah. you know, for me, like I said, it all harps back to um, everybody has to have something to say and so, you're better off just, I mean, a, a good professional just laughed that off. If that was Alan Shearer, I'm saying, back in the day or, or you know, any of the lads from, from any of the other big clubs, I'm sure they'd laugh it off and call it banter. You know, with the, with the extra bit of needle in there and fellas not, you know, you look at social media as well. Everybody has to have something to say. Sterling had something to say about, about all the racism. And then when Bernardo Silva had something that, you know, had his, his little boo-boo, he had nothing to say. I just think it's all about positioning nowadays. And sometimes you're better off having a straightener. I mean, a scratch in the face, that's not a straightener. Yeah, um, the Bernardo Silva one is very interesting to me. Um, I've seen Duncan Castles bring up um, quotes from Bernardo Silva after the game, and when he was asked about what did he think of certain decisions, he said, "Well, if I speak, I get in trouble." Um, and you know what I'd like to know is um, how he's avoided trouble for that tweet right up until now. Um, I know he got extra time to answer to that charge from the FA, and still nothing is being talked about. And we're what, at the eleventh, twelfth of November, and still I think. 
think he made that comment around the start of October. Or the, problem you, the problem you find there is there has to be, if you use a legal term, there almost has to be a plaintiff. You would have to have Bernard Mendy coming forward saying, I take exception to that comment, and obviously he's not going to do that. Mm. Um, like, yeah, I've seen all over social media, and you've seen it as well, Gav, there's people, all sorts of people trying to define what black people should find offensive mm. and shouldn't. You know, uh, that's the part that I find astounding. Nobody is trying to say that um, Bernardo Silva is, you know, hates black people or anything like that. What we're, what we're trying to say is what's accept- we're trying to define what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable in any way, shape or form to compare even your best mate to, you know, a packet, of, a character on a packet of chocolate sweets. It's a very popular um, chocolate sweet here in Spain. So it would be more of a popular joke in Spain. You know, people talk about Luis Suarez and, and all that. That was a cultural thing. I'm not defending Luis Suarez by any stretch of the imagination, but I live in Spain and Spanish people will refer to black people as Negrito, El Negrito. No, not to me, not to my face because I'm 6'1 and I wouldn't like it, but they will do that. However, however, Luis Suarez at the time should have been culturally aware, made culturally aware by the club. And I completely disagreed with our stance in defending them. It was indefensible. Liverpool should have made a statement saying, regardless of what culture he comes from, it's our responsibility to educate this man. And I think Manchester City need to come out and say it's our responsibility to educate Bernardo Silva that these types of jokes, whether they be in the private domain or the public domain, are completely unacceptable. Yeah, but whether, you... whether Bernard Manley uh, condones it or not. Yeah, but my, my concern over it, like, don't get me wrong, I am, I'm not going to tell a black person what they can be, you know, I suppose annoyed or upset or, or offended by because I'm not I'm not a black person so I I can't you know people say oh well if I was in their shoes well you're not so you know mm-hmm. what I mean but the, the the thing for me is is that he was charged right and yeah. he was charged with it and then the last I seen it and I think it, it might have been Chris Brack that watches this show it may have mm-hmm. been Chris or it may have been Kev that was watching it, it come up it come up um it come up. One night about about it, and they uh, they came back and said, "Look, he was charged on this date. He was given extra. He was given up to a certain time, um, you know, to respond. To respond. He was given extra time. Then it was extended to a certain date, which is probably the end of November. And yeah. still, like even if they came out and said the FA said he's responded to it, we've taken that response and we're mulling it over, or we've decided to drop the charge, or we're continuing with the charge, and this is the ban. But nothing's mm-hmm. being said about this. Well, let's, let's be honest. Let's get let's get out on the table, Gav. Do you honestly think the Premier League or UEFA? I mean, look at what happened but to Tyson. The FA to have charged them. Yeah, but do you, do you think the FA care really? Do any of us really think the FA care about the subject of racism? I honestly think they're more concerned about collecting financial registrations from clubs than taking care of the question of racism. I mean, you only have to look at what's going on with, would say, managerial coaching appointments. The the representation is still absolutely piss poor. And I, forgive my language, it's still very, very poor. Still very, very poor. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced. I think the token gesture organisations that they support, like uh, Kick It Out, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge... Um, advocate of what Brendan Batson and people like that have done in the UK, but it's just not enough. It's not enough. I mean, if you can put out a team in Montenegro or in in Serbia 
and the, in Bulgaria and the entire stadium is making monkey chants and that same organisation is fined 6,000 or 65,000 euros. It's just not good enough. I mean, the, who's the Danish lad that wasn't a good strike? Nicholas Bentner was fined 80,000 euros for wearing a, a pair of boxer shorts by your sponsor. Mm, I mean, for me, right. that says it all. It says it all. It's just, I'm sorry, this token, it's tokenism. It's, it's none of it is acceptable. And there's no cultural awareness of what is acceptable. There's no, they, they you, you've hit the nail on the head. The delay is they don't know what to do. They don't even know if they want to do anything about it. I think they're more considering if this is going to be an embarrassment for them. Well, and I you find see, that, that that's an interesting point because Kev O'Sullivan says here he got an extension until the end of October. He, he believes it was around the 23rd of October. Okay. So you're now talking, Closing in on three weeks that he, he mm. handed in an, an extension, you know. Um, and mm. I know we are going with UEFA in Bulgaria and I know we are going with, with different things. This for the FA, I think you might be right. Could it be a way of them looking to not get out of this, but do something? Because let's be honest about it. If for argument's sake, you know, Bernardo Silva is given a fine for argument's sake, there'll be an uproar. Yeah. It'd be absolute uproar because let's be honest about it. Um, Harvey Elliott made a, a video when he was about 14 slagging off Harry Kane and he was given a two week ban. Mm. Right. So that, yeah. that, that's where we're at now. So, <clears throat> you know, for me, for it, for it to be two weeks after, and I don't know how we've got around to Bernardo Silva. Oh, sorry. I brought it there because I said he was asked mm. about comments and he said, if I speak, I get in trouble. Well, yeah. he's avoiding trouble. Somebody asked there, can we have a, John Oak says, can we have a moment of silence for Duncan Castles during this tough time? I'm just intrigued by Duncan Castles, um, most of the time. He switched allegiances from Manchester United to, uh, Manchester City now simply because he doesn't like Liverpool. But, um, you know it's funny. I have a different view on Duncan Castles, but we talk about that later. <laughs> okay, we talk about that off air because we, I think we have very, yeah. very different views on Duncan Castles. Um, yeah. But look, if, if anybody that's watching, if you want to throw in some random questions, absolutely throw them in. Me and Peter are well in for it. Peter, the random question I ask most guests is this. Um, you are in New York, okay? Um, yeah. you're, there's two, there's two very, very tall buildings. So we say they're 50 stories up. Right, they're both fifty yeah. stories high. They both have flat roofs, and you have to jump from one to the other, right, up from the roofs. You know, like in the old films, like they always did. What's the maximum yeah. distance between buildings that you could do? Now, I will tell you, they're both flat roofs, but I'm going to give you eleven miles an hour of wind at your back as Ooh. a little bit of an, an incentive. How much? How much you pay me to do it? No, I fuck all, man. We're just doing it for my. <laughs> I'd say. Knowing my look, if I go anywhere beyond four or five feet, I'm going to be in trouble. So maybe four, four and a half. Feet. So yeah. one and a half meters. Yeah. Andy Young, just to let you know, Andy Young gave me the best response. He went, I reckon I can do four meters, but only if there's a fire escape hanging off the building on the other side. So if he, if he comes up short, um, Andy will hang on to that fire escape for all he's worth. So there you go. So you're, you're saying five feet. <laughs> Five feet, Max. So I'm playing it safe, mate. I'm not John McClane. This ain't Die Hard. The black guy dies in this movie. Yeah, but there's a, there's a, <laughs> I'm, I'm black for anyone that doesn't oh, know. I don't know. I'll, I'll put it in the description <laughs> afterwards. Um, but, but five feet with 11 miles an hour wind behind you? Mm, well, maybe six feet. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah, jump me on. Okay. 
Um, That's about it. I think you're a disgrace. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Adam Patruccione, um says, if they don't suspend Silva, I don't know. I don't see how the FA addresses it the next time this happens. It's a fair point. It is a fair point. And to be honest, I, I think Adam Adam is right, but I think you're even more correct. I don't think they want to address it. They addressed the England captain because, let's face it, they, they have history doing that. Alan Shearer, you know, was going around kicking lads in the head. And, you know, they, they, he threatened to pull out of England squads, so he got no punishment for it. You I mean, we're living in a, I'm sorry, I'm not going to play the race card here, but, you know, we are living in a, especially with the FAA, it's a white man's world, especially if you're wearing that uh, captain's armband. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, Kevin Sullivan said you'd stride four feet. Uh, Chris Boss <laughs> says if Sterling was there, I'd jump 10 meters to punch the fucker. Um, John O says, is Peter saying he likes Duncan Castles? How can any Liverpool fan like that rat? Um, as because I said, I Go on, you well, listen, listen, if you if you do like him, you can absolutely throw it out there. But well, be, 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 be it on, on your own. He slaughters Manchester United. Right. He slaughterhouses them. Right. Honestly. Did he do it? Can I ask you something? Did he slaughter Manchester United when Jose Mourinho was in charge? No, but you must remember, in fairness, I mean journalists it's all about their source, mm. you know, and Jose was pretty decent, I think, to to Duncan. You know, they had a little bit of a mutual appreciation going on. I'm not going to criticise uh, Duncan Castles for that. At the end of the day, that's his bread and butter. He's looking for access. Look, every club needs a couple of, uh, has a couple of journalists that they regard as a pariah. I just think our our um, our hatred is a little bit misplaced. With I think he's balanced. He, maybe I feel a little bit sorry for him because he's got nowhere to go if he does hate Liverpool. I'm more perplexed looking at Martin Tyler, to be quite honest with you. Well, Martin, I mean, Tyler, man- Martin Tyler, you see, Martin Tyler does it in a way where he doesn't come out and how do I put this? He, he, he does commentary, which is for me extremely biased, um, against mm. Liverpool and his reactions to Liverpool goals and stuff like that. And it's quite out there. It's open. Um, mm. uh, but without actually being upfront about it. Um, you know, mm. like Duncan Castle's done a couple of tweets here and night after the game. And I, I genuinely thought the guy was on drugs. You know, and, <laughs> and I, look, I don't mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I genuinely looked and he went, like he said, one of them was, this is typical of Liverpool's season so far, right? So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. I VAR bottling, this and that. And then I've seen a table of VAR, okay? And Liverpool, will be in, Liverpool, if you take VAR out of this season, will be in the exact same position as they are now because they've the, yeah. the balance is they haven't gained any points or lost any points from well, we actual have VAR goals. decisions. We would have scored another couple against Aston Villa. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think the way I read that tweet, I'll be honest, was I think what he meant was it's typical of the ruthlessness that Liverpool has shown. You know, we are getting a couple of decisions that, I mean, the the penalty could have went against us. We, you know, I would have been outraged if, if Trent had been blown up for a penalty for that to be caught, especially as it had hit Bernardo Silva on the arm. But he's probably thinking to himself, they've gone up the other end and they scored a worldy, and it's typical of how ruthless they've been. I mean, we've been absolutely ruthless. It's incredible to watch. 
you know, and, and the, 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 when the wind blows in our direction. But again, we were talking about this last week. Liverpool just don't stop. It's, you know, it's, it's absolute bloody minded determination to, to get where they're going. And I think that's why we're on the way, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, this name is on there. I'll just get it up on the screen here. It's obviously someone that knows you. It's Lincoln Rec UK. No, Stephen Wynn. Stephen okay. Wynn is a top guy, really good. All right, so Stephen Wynn, Stephen Wynn is not having your uh, two meters. Um, he says he's seen you yeah. jump, jump tackles uh, higher than six <laughs> foot. So um, that's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you have mi- to catch me. You have to catch me first. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bolognese says, pretty sure new guidelines says it has to be a six-game minimum. That's where maybe the issue is. I just can't understand how three weeks after an extension to an appeal that there's still no word from the FA or indeed Manchester City. They don't know um, what to do. Kevo <laughs> Sullivan feels that Castles is going off the Piers Morgan School of Journalism, shock and awe. Uh, John O says, I love this beef between Sterling and Gomez. Love it when teams hate each other. Um, don't like this cuddly stuff. Heated rivalry is great. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, Kev says, yeah. he compare, compare Peter Drury commentary to Tyler. Um, it's polar opposites. It absolutely is. What a show that is. Yeah. What a show. Drury is unbelievable. Um, when I come to the end of the season to do my awards, I'm going to make up a... Uh, um, an award for Peter Drury, um, and oh, I don't, sure. I don't care if he, you know, I really don't care what he does from here. I and mean, I think he's brilliant. Um, oh, let me see. Um, we should have had Pens versus Sheffield United, Newcastle and Villa. Didn't hear the same outrage from the media and rival fans as Jono. This is when it comes yeah. to VAR and stuff like that. One thing, sure, sure. one thing that's come up in our WhatsApp group today, right? And it's um, around uh, Lovren. So this all kicked off today because James Pearce in the Athletic and. We at the day trippers love James Pierce. Usually yeah. because when a, start, a transfer story gets going, he just comes in, you know, takes out a massive fire extinguisher and pours it all over the fucking place. 100%. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, bad news, Pierce, you know, we love him for it. Um, <laughs> you know, people go, why do you like James Pierce for that? We just think it's great, you know, when he just absolutely shatters people's dreams in, 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 in 140 or less characters. Um, but I think it's a little bit more allowed now. But, he was basically saying, and, and he has been, in fairness, he's been a supporter of Dayan Lovren, um, from early on in, in Lovren's career. He's, he's kind of stood up for him when, when Lovren's gone through bad form. Uh, you know, it, it got heated enough today. It triggered a lot of people. Um, yeah. some people that literally had, <coughs> have an opinion on Dayan Lovren, and regardless of how he plays week to week, they're just going to stick to that opinion because they feel they have to be right. Um, yeah, we have a lot of those fans. Yeah, 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 we do, we do. And, and every Henderson, club, Henderson haters, you know. Yes, every, every club has them. Like, <laughs> I'm a massive fan of Jordan Henderson. Everyone that watches this show is now I'm a massive fan yeah. of Jordan Henderson. But if Jordan Henderson plays badly, i.e. Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago, I would tell yeah, you Jordan yeah. Henderson play badly. Um, but th- this kind of went on today, all right, and we got into a conversation regarding Dayon Lovren, you know, Matt Bazell, probably for another month or so if, if, if the report should go on are true. And we were talking about Dayan Lovren and Joe Gomez, obviously, because of this spat with, with Raheem Sterling. Where do you stand on this? Because I came to the conclusion that, you know, Jurgen Klopp would have let Dayan Lovren leave the club in the summer, had the deal with, I think it was Roma, gone through. Yeah, there was a, a Milan interest as well. Yeah, the, 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 he's a, he, I think he's a massive fan of Joe Gomez. Mm-hmm. He's seen Joe Gomez for the first quarter of last season be exceptional and outshine. Virgil van Dijk on several occasions. Yeah. And, but, but the fact that he's playing Dayan Lovren while Joe Gomez is actually fit now says a lot for Joe Gomez's form and confidence. That's what I've taken yeah. out of the whole thing. Well, and they're, and they're yeah. in the process of building yeah. Joe Gomez back up. Am I way yeah. off the marker? No, no, I, I think you're close to it. However, first of all, Dayan Lovren deserves respect. You're looking at a World Cup semi final. I mean, 
Croatia wouldn't have been everybody's pick. And I think Dejan Lovren was a big, big part of them, you know, going, almost going all the way, to be honest with you. Dejan Lovren is a threat in both boxes. Yeah, he's, um, he's susceptible to lapses in, uh, in concentration from time to time. But I found that when he was coupled, when he was playing with Mignolet and Carius, it was, it was more often the case. Um, I think Klopp, in my opinion, in my opinion only, Klopp prefers Lovren over Gomez. If, you, if you've been to many live games and watched Liverpool, and I have, Joe Gomez is an absolute unit. Now, that's great, but the problem is when you're Joe Gomez's size, and you're still growing into yourself, by the way, um, you need a run of games in order to be up to speed with things. And I think, I think Joe Gomez suffers. He's not the sort of lad that I personally would throw in after being out for so long. I think you've got to put him in bit by bit. He's the sort of fella he's got to be in from the start of the season and then see how it goes. Whereas Dejan Lovren is more, shall we say, svelte. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a little more, um, he's not more athletic, but he's more, shall we say, his body type is more that he can have those breaks. And I think, the way things are now with football, it's a, everything is a science. One one of you sent me a um, a scientific, uh, a Moneyball uh, article today, and it goes into things like that. I, I honestly think momentum is against Joe Gomez. He just doesn't have the momentum at the moment. Because mm. I, I, I feel that he, he rates Joe Gomez more than Lovin. Yeah, in the long term, of course. You of course know, he does. Um, but, but I have, like, and as I said, like a lot of people throw stats at me where, like, you know, blocks he makes this and that and I, I like to watch football and get my opinion on football that's just the way I am I'm old school don't get me wrong I use technology every day of the week with regards to doing podcasts and stuff like that but when it comes to football I like to watch players Um, you know even they didn't make a block but why didn't they they did make a block how did they get mm-hmm. there you know the sort of thing so, so actually, the actual physical thing of doing yes. certain actions in football can be preceded by your movement or, or a decision yeah. you make in your own head or the block he makes along the ground yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, you know so I like to watch football to get my opinion now I'm a massive fan of Joe Gomez I feel Joe Gomez at his top 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 game he's 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 first choice beside Van Dijk. I think that was clear from last year when he, he was in ahead of Matip and Lovren. You know, and he, all right, he's come back from injury. He looks a bit rusty. For me, positionally, he just hasn't seemed to go back in that groove beside Van Dijk. He has got exceptional pace, but I think he's using that too much to try to recover. And he's putting he needs, in danger. He's really, I'm telling you guys, he needs a run of games. Oh, he absolutely he, does need a run of games. But we're in a position, Peter, where we can't afford to be nursing guys back to form. We're, That's in, we're, we're in we're in such a battle here. All right, we're eight points clear and nine points clear. We're eight points clear. So people need to stop saying nine points clear. City. We're eight points clear in the top of the league. City are oh, relevant, yeah. uh, irrelevant at the moment, right? Um, and people go, they're fucking not. You know, they're better than <laughs> But they are no, irrelevant. The, the no, yeah, Leicester and Chelsea are more relevant to us than Manchester City are. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. And then when City go and win next week and, you know, they go back into second place probably, then they're more relevant. Um, yeah. That's the way I see it. But we're not in a position to, to run Gomez through a load of games. I'd love to see us go out and start games better, be two, train it up and put them on for as long as we can, like, 35 minutes, 30 minutes, and get him back in a groove. I, I think physically he's fine. I just think he's being dragged out of position. He's been a bit rash in tackles, trying to impress too much. But yeah. I, I still feel that when Joe Gomez comes back to full fitness, it's a shootout between him and Matip, who will, who will, who will. I mean, look, know, there's, a of of a there's, a, there's a world of a difference as well between in experience 
between Gomez and Lovren. And I think we need that at the moment. You know, you're talking about seeing games out. You see, you're talking about that, that split second where somebody is switched on when a young player isn't. I mean, it's a very, it's a relatively young side that we've got. I think the average age is about 24. You know, and that, this is, you know, you can't be, as you say, you can't be taking risks. You can't be nursing fellas through, you know, learning curves. For me, he's unlucky, Joe, but, you know, people need to get over their bias against Dejan Lovren and this myth that gets perpetuated about being, him being this and him being that. Yeah, he's made the mistakes. I mean, the, the Spores game, the 4-1 game, um, when we got completely turned over, I mean, that's, that's two years ago, but, you know, and he was the star of that show, that horror show. Mm. But that's a long, long time ago. People need to let that go, you know? Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I watch, I watch Lovren and, and I, and I, I do have a theory on Lovren. I, I think the stages of Lovren were in a football match. I think, <laughs> I think, I genuinely do. I believe, I believe he starts off and he's fine. I think yeah. if Liverpool are on top, he becomes complacent. And then mm. when he becomes complacent and we give up a chance or give up a goal, he goes to absolute bits. You know, yeah. so I always find the the tighter the game you're in against the better quality side, he's, the better he is. Do you yeah. get me? Like when we yeah. go out and we blast, say, go and we we go blast. I don't know, pick a team, say Norwich, sure. Norwich three, and we're three nil up. There's more chance of Lovren giving away something sloppy there because yeah. he's just become complacent, and then he tries to too hard to impress, and. Then it just goes to absolute smithereens and, and, you know, you're picking up, the, you're picking up pieces of Lovren off the pitch from, yeah, you know, at, at the end of the game. Whereas Gomez, like even against Genk there was rash and challenging. He was getting caught in behind. You know, they were targeting him and stuff like that. And, and that player over there will get targeted because Van Dyke's over here, the other side going, go, go for it if you want. You know, he, yeah. he, he absolutely lamped fucking Jesus, um, nearly halfway up the stand. The, uh, the other day when they were chasing the ball, you know. So yeah. it's it's very hard for anyone that's playing next to Van Dyke in the sense that they're going to be a lot more overworked than probably Van Dyke is. But I just feel that Joe Gomez, I agree with you, needs a run of games, but we can't afford to know some true though. So we're going to no. have to we're going to have to pick the pick and choose the times very no. very wisely because about, we, can't drop, we can't afford to drop any points. Yeah, this is about momentum. And you know yourself, the more consistent you, you can have a back four, the more chance you have of, of not dropping silly points. No, it's all about, everything is about momentum, everything is about muscle memory, it's about continuing to do the right things. You know, people are itching. If Matthew comes back early, of course, you've got to have a look at that. But for me, we're in a, we're in a swing now. Lawrence, he's not really put a foot out, out of place. You know, the midfield is ticking over nicely. The only change I made, somebody make it, made a suggestion the other day of bringing in uh, the club we're looking at, bringing in the lad Fraser from... From uh, from Bournemouth, for me, yeah, it's it smells of years ago, David Speedy. Just in case we we get a little bit weary uh, in the final tour, in in the run up, hopefully to uh, to try to to get the league. But no, I I'm in, I'm in your camp here. People need to get over themselves. The same people that need to get over themselves with Henderson need to get over themselves about Lover. Yeah, and look, I always say it: you're entitled to an opinion, but like I'll put it this way. I watched Henderson have a good game on Sunday, right? Um, I thought he had a really good game. He, he, yeah. he was ill during the week. He was touching go where he play. I was delighted he played instead of Oxley Chamberlain. Nothing against mm. Oxley Chamberlain. I just thought the game we're in. I really want Henderson there because what he does for the team, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, brilliant game, and people just. I, I just walked away and had a really good game, great. And then I had stats on Henderson from 2011 and 12 till now and what he's done, and I'm kind of going. 
what is the point? This is just yeah. a vendetta to make yourself yeah. look right. And if you if you've made a claim on Jordan Henderson in 2012, and he's still at Liverpool in 2019. You're mm. just waiting for the day he leaves Liverpool for you to say, well, didn't I tell you? Yeah. I told you. You know, it's a, it's a seven-year itch now at this exactly. stage. Statistics can be can be manipulated in any way you want to. For example, if you compare Scott McTominay and Fabinho on paper, there might be, with some statistics like goals scored, for example, there might be an, an argument, and I'm sure there's a couple of Manchester United fans out there who will try to make it, that Scott McTominay is somehow superior to Fabinho. Now, we both know never in a million years is that the case, but this is what statistics are. They're, they're easily manipulated. Yeah, and I just, I just find that regardless of how a player plays, you know, like, and he's going the other way. You know, like you'll see Henderson have a really poor game and you're allowed to say he's had a poor game and then the guys that love him will turn around and go, oh yeah, but look what he done eight weeks ago. And I'm kind of going, mm. it's not a fucking eight weeks ago, lads. It's Sunday. <laughs> you know? It's reaching. You know, it's reaching. It's, so it's one of those. Um, no random questions have come in for us um, because I think people are just getting upset at the fact that Duncan Castles is your best mate. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kev O'Sullivan says he thinks Klopp is taking these game in blocks. The next block starts afresh, probably after the um, international break. Uh, Dixon says, love to know how Sterling tried to get Gomez in a headlock. Gomez is a joint. He was standing on a chair, apparently. Um, <laughs> Kev O'Sullivan says he barely tipped him, Gav. This is uh, Van Dijk against Jesus. He barely tipped him, but he went a long way. <laughs> he went a long way. Um, Champo Steve says, Herd Robbo is not fit for Scotland. Any idea it's just a knock? I think it's an ankle injury. Um, he's not going to travel and go with Scotland. Mo Salah has travelled to um, Egypt, for oh, but, he, but he's not going to play. He's, he's gone over there with a protective boot on. So why he's travelled, I don't know. It could be media commitments. It could be you know these imagery things that that he seems to have an, an issue with uh, the Egyptian you, FA. You have you have uh, an obligation to the FA. You can't break that FIFA rule. I think you've got to travel and you've got to be assessed by their medical staff okay. in order to be declared unfit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, anything else before we go, Peter? Anything else you'd like to discuss? The floor, no, I'm the floor to is yours. For me, no, I'm just, you know, uh, it's, an, it's another week. And uh, somebody made a point there in the, in the chat, in the call-ins, that he's taking the, the games in blocks. I don't think he is at all. I think it's one, literally... One game at a time. And, and you can see it. You can actually see it. The, the lads are, I, I think they're still wound up from how last season ended. And literally everybody has been taken absolutely seriously, no matter who we're playing against. There's he just will, that bit between the teeth, you know? He will have to, um, he will have to, you know, find, he will have to plan them in some sort of up here because when it, when it comes into December now, we're looking at, like, I think it's from December to, Tour or fourth, right through to January, that whatever it is, fourth in that month, in that calendar month. I think it's it's a game every three three days. I think on average, oh God, he he writes off these cup games. I that and I know that winds people up, so he doesn't have to do that. He will put the the Shakiris, the Joe Gomez's. He will put them into that FA Cup and into that and the twenty three is into that uh, Aston Villa game that's just before Christmas in the in the in the League Cup. He will write those games off so he doesn't have to be thinking in blocks. Mm. He will want to think these are the eleven guys plus three or four change or sorry, plus two or three changes that I realistically can make. Mm. And this is the way I'm going at the league on a one to one basis. You fellas think in blocks, for example, if I'm Ali Solcher, I'm thinking I want to stay in these cup competitions because I haven't a prayer in the league and I'm going to just bang on about youth every single week. Hmm. How he's getting away with it, I don't know, but he is. 
And so he has to think in blocks. But Klopp has has an agreement, obviously, with, with our board where he says, listen, forget about the FA Cup, forget about the League Cup. I don't care about them. Our bread and butter is that league and hopefully the Champions League. And I, th- I think he's right. And I think that gives you the license to say, these are the 14 lads that I trust. Mm. Dunno asks, um, Piggy Blinders fan, um, I watched the first two series of it. I think they're probably on about series five and I, I didn't really get back into it. Should I? Dunno, should I get back into Piggy Blinders? Let me know. Avo the Tord says, real or artificial Christmas tree? What's your choice? Oh, it's gotta be real, isn't it? No. It's gotta be real. Really? It's just the smell of piss off. The smell of it, yeah, true, true. You know? True. Yeah, true. And then it's a, nightmare, it's a nightmare trying to cut up and put it in your neighbour's wheelie bin and everything. You know? <laughs> Would you go You go for a real Christmas tree? I, if I could, but my kids are small, so, you know, they, they dig their hands into the muck and all that. And, mm. you know, we've had those dramas with ordinary plants. So f- until they're old enough to stay away, we'll go artificial, to be honest with you, Gavin. Yeah, I like the artificial tree. I think tinsel mm. should be brought back. And I also think that, do you remember years ago you used to have that stuff that went from one corner of the ceiling to the other? And it kind God, of fanned yeah. out. Like, uh, I don't know what way it... The family used to call them decorations. They were yeah, all they're all just decorations. Yeah, get the decorations. Yeah. What's that? That's a decoration. Just fucking get a thumbtack and <laughs> lash it into the ceiling there. It'd be grand. But my dad only painted the ceiling. Don't mind your dad. I'm the boss. All right, fair enough. That's how we usually went in our house. Um, let me see. Dixon says, we've tried our best to go to the League Cup. Yeah, we have. We played an ineligible player. And then in the yeah. next round when we got through, we went, well, we're going, we're off to Qatar. We want, we want to play the semi-final in March. And yeah. they, and they said, well, it finishes up in, February and they're like we don't care and we still couldn't get away with that so um, Chris Pross says beat Napoli send the kids to Salzburg so that that'd be a week off in December yep that's a fair point as well I suppose yeah. if, you, if you pick at it if you beat Napoli you get Salzburg off you'll get the League Cup off because of who we're sending there we are away in Qatar we've had a game taken out because of West Ham that's been taken out because of this World Club Cup yeah. it's a difficult one to come back to Leicester away on, on Boxing Day but I, I fully expect Klopp to manage it I really really am um, that's what he's been no. doing. For me, like I said to you, there's a lot of fellas out there worrying. Let the man do his job. Knows exactly what he's doing. You yeah. know, you're, you're, I mean, look at the amount of games. That's the that's the price of success. You end up being involved in games. And somebody mentioned the League Cup against Arsenal there. You could see that Klopp was, well, I don't think he was too happy about the <laughs> comeback. I don't think he was too happy about winning it, you know? Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Liverpool when they do play every, every, um, you know, every three to four days. Now, having said that, you kind of like to get into that rhythm around February when the Champions League comes back, yeah. and and you're, you've you've positioned your squad to be in a certain place where you can say, right, February, March, April, and majority of May. You know, this next 12, 14 weeks, we're going to absolutely go for this. We're probably having to do it from, you know. What late November now, um, right through till right through till May probably. If yeah. if you if you do happen to stay in the League Cup, the FA Cup will come along. You might throw it up, but you'll definitely have the Champions League. So it's one of those we'll have to wait and see. Um, if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? I would be a panther, a black panther. A panther, definitely. Right, definitely. Okay. Beautiful creature. Okay, black panther. Um, I think I'll just be a dog. <laughs> I suppose free food every day. Just wandering, sitting in the south, watch the telly. No one bothers you. Yeah. Not like me getting a hunt to take extinction. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I think I'll just be a dog. Um, yeah. Craig Mitch, Craig Mitch says very sinister to Boo Sterling. I've seen this. Is this yeah. the guy that 
I slagged off Liverpool in a YouTube yeah, video a while back. And he's trying to um, he's trying to insinuate there's a racist overtone. I think this is a guy who's not a fan of Liverpool as a city, so he's trying to insinuate that the that the city are racist racists. I mean, to be honest with you, I think he's 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 got himself a blue tick, so he thinks he's got an opinion. Anyone that generalizes about an area anyway needs their head examined. And this is a guy that was on YouTube talking about unemployment in Liverpool. You know, which is is highly offensive. I mean, some of these millennials they they need to go punch in the face, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah, so I did see him. I, I seen him. He was sitting. The video of him, right? He's sitting on a chair with a guy beside him, and he's slagging off Liverpool and stuff um, as a city and stuff. And then he's he's apologising about it now because obviously his blue tick is probably under under uh, Most, under yeah, review but... and stuff like that. He's just an arsehole. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Oh, I've that's not Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, Anybody with two forced names. Um, for a for a full name is a complete arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, God, geez, I'm just checking my name, making sure. Uh, Dixon says, Dixon says, imagine the Reds just won everything. Could you imagine? It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? After everyone it's telling us that, everywhere. oh my God, the, the world would end. Um, Force Twenty Two Music says you can only watch three movies from now on. What are you watching? I'll give you a minute to think about that, Peter. But here's one: rhubarb crumble or apple crumble. Oh, Apple. I hate rhubarb. It's disgusting. Okay. That's a question from Jerry Cattle. Jerry, it may, may or may not surprise you. I wouldn't eat either of them if you paid me. Really? Um, oh, Jesus, no. A rhubarb can fuck off. An apple in a cake. Fuck off. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, three movies from now on. That What you're watching now, people will know that I don't, I, I'm very peculiar when it comes to movies. Love um, me movies. Well, I've never seen a Bond film. I've never seen a Lord of the Rings, a Harry Potter. Um, I only seen the Rocky films about two weeks ago because the lads in the WhatsApp group never left me alone until I watched <laughs> them. So I've watched one, two, and three. I still haven't got did the you four. Cry? No, I didn't. No, I, I did. Yeah, the, 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 the only thing that came over for me was when she goes into that coma after having the baby. Does just does yeah. he just see does he just ignore the baby until she comes around? That's the oh, only. Oh no. He picks it up and puts the whole child in one hand, you know, because he's, he's a monster. Yeah. But no, he loves the kid, you know. But I think I think you're right. I think it's more about it's the, it's a love story. You've heard you've heard a stone. Yeah, because <laughs> she goes from she goes from like you know feeding parrots. Um, and looking yeah. quite plain to being like she's deadly looking, you know, within about ten minutes, <laughs> which was really good. Hollywood. Um, so three movies. I'll give you my three. Um, Goodfellas. Good choice, that. Um. I'm probably going to go mafia stuff here. I'm going to give you... I'll give Goodfellas, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So that's my trip. Top choice. I must have watched Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Top choice, that. Top yeah, choice. I just liked it, the fact that I had Twist and Shout. There's a song in it. <laughs> and he looks like he looks like he's singing it live. To be fair, yeah, he does. <laughs> um, for me, as good as it gets. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah, it. I have. Uh, top top movie. I could watch it a million times. Um, the Equalizer with Denzel Washington. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Times. Super movie. And I think I will go. Um, Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible, the fourth one. I just think it's a great movie. Okay. Dono's thrown in Carlito's Way, which is fucking brilliant as well. Then I have, yeah. Do I have Donnie Brasco in my head. And then I have the one, um, Jack Nicholson's in with, is it Matt Damon and 
DiCaprio and he's a... Oh, The Departed. Yeah, what a film, what a film. Uh, Dixon good. says, Laura Boyden Citizen are training day. Some great films there. Um, and I've seen, I've seen the majority of them, which is, uh, which is yeah. surprising. You know, um, I just haven't seen a lot of stuff. Uh, not that I haven't seen, I just don't bother. And then um, people yeah. get really upset at it. So, um, The Commitments on the Van, says Jerry Cahill, uh, yeah, Brilliant. We like Roddy. We like Roddy though. A big Chelsea fan. We do like Roddy. Yeah, the snapper's great as well. I think the books are better than the films though. So yeah, they are. Um, so that's just one for us. Listen, we better go. We're taking the piss now, Peter. It's to eleven. Uh, Force twenty two music says Blues Brothers seven and Training Day. Yeah, absolutely. Seven. Um, seven was good. Yeah. The, the, what was the other one? Um, Blues uh, Brothers Training Day. Training yeah. Day. Talented Mr. Great. Ripley says, don't know. Um, we could be here all night. We really could. Oh. Look, um, listen, we better, uh, we better knock her on the head. I have to go and edit this and get it into some audio format. <laughs> and the fact that I messed it up halfway through means I have to find stuff twice, which is, uh, which is not good whatsoever. Pierre, thanks for joining me. I'll get on to you next week and we'll have you back on. How does that sound? Stop, man. Stop, man. Yeah. Okay. Listen, that's been the Fatback Four Daily for Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 p.m. If you are listening to podcasts, go back and listen to the Fatback Four on Sunday night. The reaction show to Man City was brilliant. The club last night was brilliant. Go back and listen to them. You'll find everything you want on YouTube, on Periscope for all the live shows we do. You'll find us on Spotify. You'll find us on all your podcast you know, apps. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere. You'll find us anywhere you want. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit follow. Do all that. You know the, you know the usual messing. Do all that. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Sports Social Podcast Network.